1: Severe MMA Severe MMA <laughs> Severe MMA Severe MMA the Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA podcast and today is an interim episode of the podcast as um, myself and Graham obviously it's been Christmas and we've had a few podcasts in the books and things but there was a big Bellator card last night. And we said we talked a little bit about it. it was a pretty eventful, main event, I suppose, maybe it's not the right word, and MVP fought, Michael Chandler fought, so we'll have a, a little bit of a chat about that here for 15, 20 minutes, just to kind of get something in the books. We've had a lot in the books, I suppose, on Patreon and on the main feed over the last couple of days, we've kept you going, you know, some people go on holidays, we come alive, that's it, Graham, isn't it? How are you anyway? How was your Christmas?
1: Yeah, actually, a lot of people do stop. Um... I listen to a few podcasts, and there's been a lot of interruption when you kind of you expect the podcast to be there and it's not there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fair play to you mainly for uh, pumping out the content. I see, I see a few people praising you, which is which is rare. So, uh, yeah, credit when credit's due. Yeah, and
0: uh, there was one fellow who said today, "I never get out the kitchen." So there was, there's that as well. Like, <laughs> I'm a good cook in fairness, but I do. What did you did you actually did you listen to the True Balls He's podcast? He's to Gordon
1: Ramsay. Is he? That's pretty I'd good compliment. Say,
0: I'd, I'd say he is. Did you listen to the True Balls podcast? What did you think? <laughs>
1: I listened to some of it uh, it was uh, absolute nonsense but it was funny to, to hear Man United fans clutching at straws
0: I thought it was good to be, I, li- I listened back to it okay we were taking the fist out of Liverpool or whatever and you know very biased anti-Liverpool very, very unprofessional
1: podcast that one
0: uh, <laughs> 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 we are drinking cans <laughs> of Heineken I think that it, was, uh, it was good though if anyone's interested in soccer and probably not Liverpool fans but everyone else you probably enjoy a True Balls podcast on Spotify and everywhere like that that's uh, like- funny the
1: desperation in the, in the Man United arguments though it is It is. It is, it is Entertaining to listen to.
0: What, can, what else can we have though? Like apart from desperation. But look, you've Like I think even you admit now that the league is won. Like and it's done and dusted. It's hard to argue against. them I like. think I think like
1: yeah, this season, there's a lot riding on this. Like there's a lot of possibilities on the season for Liverpool. Like they could be the world champions. They could win the Champions League again, or, and they could win the Premier League, and that would be you know historic uh, achievement if they could get uh if they could get over 100 points or beat man, man city's 100 points tally as well or stay undefeated and do that mm-hmm. that would be uh and there's a few things that they can in their head they're like we need to win the next game we need to win it because we want to achieve all these beat all these liverpool go or all these liverpool records and all these uh Football League records basically.
0: Mm-hmm. How, can you answer the question you, know, you obviously heard on the podcast we were talking about, it. how did Liverpool like stay so fit and are able to keep such a high tempo for like three years without any went. I think it went,
1: there, was, there was years, uh, under Klopp, the first few years where, it would kind of be like this for for a month at a time, and it would all kind of fall apart then yeah. uh, due to fitness. And you could see even I know uh, I know Trans Young, but he, you could see him tiring in the game even tonight against Wolves. Mm-hmm. And you, we've seen uh, Milner be tired, when Alden be tired in games. For me, I was only coming back from being kind of tired. I think he structured it so that, for example, uh, Salah. Okay, he isn't hundred percent, but we make sure Mani's. We make sure one of any. We make sure this. Four or five people on the pitch who are in peak p- condition, and then we have everybody else kind of maybe they're not in peak condition, and we kind of rotate that so we make sure that at all times there's either a fully fit for me, Salah or Mane on the pitch, yeah, yeah. and I think that that's worked. Yeah. Uh, like he's given these guys rests when, when, um, when he can, like, and taking guys like for example, he took Mo Salah off at one nil to Liverpool against Leicester. I know Liverpool were completely dominating the game, and Lester didn't have a shot, but a shot on target. But they, they, you know, one nil. You know, it, it's football; anything can happen. Like I'm confident, Liverpool. If Leicester had equalised, would have went on to to score again because they seem to be able to step it up a gear. But whenever they need to. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's it's uh, so far anyway. And this this calendar year, I think Liverpool have one more game to go in this calendar year. It's been a pretty phenomenal year for Liverpool.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'd say the, the doctors and, like, you and know, things are doing a great uh, job too.
1: Nah, I think like I, I think that's really clutching on straws. Like I think, like you know, uh, nobody was saying that when Man City were, you know, doing but what they've always
0: doing. had a phenomenal squad. Like Liverpool have. <laughs> Thirteen players, is it like they don't have a great no, squad? we Liverpool around.
1: have more. Yeah, you, you you've seen people come in like Rigi and Shaqiri and starting games and do real well. Alana, even like you know, uh, he he, uh, Very average. he's in, yeah, but he's playing in the six. He's playing in the six in most of the games. He's playing. He's doing a job. Like uh, I think, uh, I think this we've used the squad better this year than and last year we used the score pretty well in, in the run-in but maybe at the, start of, at the start of December and January we were pretty
0: threadbare we're pretty threadbare now like, you know if Trent
1: game. we're we're pretty threadbare now like if Trent was to get injured we he don't have a right back man. replacement because Gomez is playing centre back and there's no other fit centre backs we've got to recall Nate uh, or not Phillips from from um, in Germany yeah. but uh you know, it's 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 an MMA podcast, but um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they are the best team
0: in the world. Well, yeah, that's hard to argue with, in fairness, but uh, anyway. Right, let's get into a bit of MMA, and obviously the Bellator seven is what we're going to talk about today. If there's any other questions or anything else, I'll have a Q&A up on Patreon on, I think, Tuesday evening, maybe this week. not 100% sure yet, but it'll be up... Tuesday morning to Wednesday morning, some stage around there anyway. And uh, if we missed out on anything or if we haven't discussed anything you want to discuss, send us in a question at Severe May Pod. And we can discuss it there. But this Fedor Emelianenko Rampage Jackson fight was... like, And this whole card in general, before we get into that specific fight... This to me was like everything that's bad about Bellator encapsulated in one card. Because you had Michael Chandler and Michael Vinom Page basically in, in squash matches... And you had these two old lads who just look so bad and so slow in the main event. It's like every. Like, Bellator have done some brilliant things, and especially the young talent coming up. They have maybe, you know, they've I think they've better young talent coming up than uh, the UFC have. But the, what they have still at the top of these cards and in some of these cards, the matchmaking they have is just horrendous. And I, I give out to Liv- uh, Liverpool, the UFC, <laughs> a lot. You're about obsessed. I am, about matchmaking too hard sometimes. Even, you know, we talked about McGregor coming back, and I said, you know, I d- don't give him too much of a hard matchup, like Dominic Cruz, if he comes back, I don't want him going into a hard matchup. You know, I, and I, I think smart matchmaking is better than just hard matches all the time, but uh, the UFC do that sometimes. Like, Bellator are, it's skilled the way they, they do it sometimes. Now, Michael is not the worst example. This one was a bad example, but Michael Levin and Page... Like, why? Oh, why does he keep getting all these lads that are just like way, way, way below his level? I think someone said, was he 17 1 or something like that at the moment? He's fought two. Like what you'd call close to top class fighters in in his uh, in his career, and he's one and one in those fights. Like I still think MVP is a top talent, and I know you know Andy Stevenson was saying as well today. I've been saying it for years that he could be the best welterweight in the world. He could be up there anyway, the top top five, top ten, whatever you want. But he's never proven it. Not you know that that one good fight he has won against top talent was Paul Daly and it was a stinker of a fight, and he got knocked out by uh, by Douglas Lima. And like, some
1: people, including Paul Daly especially <laughs> Paul Daly thought he might have won that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, exactly, yeah, and it's it's. Nah, it's,
1: but he didn't actually. But he didn't.
0: It's sad to see, though, isn't it? Like someone as talented as MVP, who could be such a great fighter, he's just gone in there like fighting lightweights, and I was one hundred and seventy three uh, catchweight. Like it was just. It was well, embarrassing. Like, you know, after after the
1: last fight, was he not saying, "Oh, I want the, the rematch"? What yeah. happened to that? Like, did did like, was he just saying that to the camera, or did Bellator say, oh, no, we needed to fight this guy you've never heard of"? Um, and he said, yeah, give me the money. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like he, we waited so long for him to step up. Then he stepped up and then now he's back to doing what he did before. And it's, it's you know, it's an impressive knockout and all that. But it's just the tolerance for it. It's just like, okay. You really get, you get, watching him in fights, we, we know what's going to happen. And it's just, it's not great.
0: Yeah. Like, as you say, since that Douglas Lima fight, the Paul Daly fight was before it, he's fought Richard Kiley, who was, what, entered the fight in 3 and one He fought Giovanni Melillo, whoever that is, and he fought Shinjo Anzai last night you know knock them all out in the first six minutes of their fights like what is the point of this like i love MVP. there's no one a bigger mvp fan than me i've i've a poster of mvp up outside in the man cave i've really liked him for years and years i love his style i love that fighting style You know, everyone knows i love how uh, Wonderboy's fighting style i have an awful soft spot for fighters like that who go in there with their hands down and throw magic or just fun fighters i love always love watching mvp fight but even me right now like the kind of good has gone out of it it's like VAR in the soccer it's like they're they're just taking the good out of the game like the MVP not fighting anyone it's just taking the good out of it and it's it's not that like like, you know like would
1: you have been such a big fan of Wonderboy if he had a fought Dan Stitch in times? you know what I mean or equivalent you would have been like okay well like that was a waste of career (laughs) like maybe like you know it, it could not be a waste of career maybe just maybe all this experience will stand to him when he does finally step up again he may win the Bellator belt and be stuck in Bellator forever and he seems happy there. Um yeah. so like maybe it will work out for him in the end, but uh, you know
0: the w- uh, OEM w-
1: song goes crazy what you could have had. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I exactly need this. It. I was I actually
0: I was actually talking to someone there a couple of hours ago about this. And I was saying, the best thing that could happen to MVP right now is for him to go to the UFC. Because that's what he needs. Because in, in Bellator... He's yeah,
1: Dana would be like, oh yeah, you think you're good? Yeah, yeah, let me just push against the worst uh, matchups we can possibly find.
0: No, but I, <laughs> I don't think they'd necessarily do that. Like, they could give him the wonder fight. they would. They could give him the wonder fight. That'd be a what a fight that would be like. Even if they did give him some wrestlers okay. and stuff and he got beaten... Like, I don't think he'd go f- full Ben Askren, and I don't need be, I think he'd be, like, losing tw- his first three fights, basically, in in, in there. I, like, I think he'd beat most people still in the UFC if he got there. And even if, I, I think if they if he did lose a matchup, like, they gave him Wonderboy and he lost it, they'd probably give him, like, a bit of a, a fall back then, a little bit further down, and he'd probably beat that person. Like, I'd love to see him fight Ponzinibbio, even. That, I think that'd be a great fight. I'd love to see him fight Gunnar Nelson. I think he'd beat Gunnar Nelson. Like, imagine that fight in, in UFC in London or somewhere. Like, that. that'd be an absolutely huge fight. Like... That's what he needs. Oh yeah,
1: the UFC would definitely be able to use him. Like they, they yeah. definitely would. He'd be, he like, you know, he's he's all, he's getting on now, but there's still time for him to mm-hmm. to fix this. Like uh, people will, if he goes out there and does great things and beats brilliant fighters brilliantly, then people will forget him. Like you know, MMA people have have um, short memories.
0: Um, and now would be a good time as well before like when he's not the champion i know he's managed by paradigm isn't he they're, they're the perfect ones like they, they might know what they're doing they could get him out of there quickly and get him to the ufc because that's what he fucking needs like he's like it, it'd actually be he'd be in a worse position now if he had the title because like you're at you're at a complete dead end in bellator when you're him because you've already lost the lima and fought him okay you could get the lima fight again and then you could get a third matchup but like where are you going after that because like Rory McDonnell is gone now, so that huge fight that's in Bellator there is kind of gone for you. And I know they've other lads as well, but the way, the way he just is at the moment, it just feels like he's never going to fight him. It's just, I don't know. And I don't. It, it just feels like now is the time for MVP to move on. I don't know how many fights he's left in his contract or whatever. I don't know if like. It's not just Bellator as well. I, I may sound like I'm just blaming Bellator for matching up wrong or whatever. I, I think it's, it's him a lot of the time. Because like, he shouldn't have accepted the Kylie fight. He shouldn't have accepted the fight at the weekend. He shouldn't accept any of these fights. He should have been looking for Rory McDonald. He should have been looking for the Lima fight again. I know he was, but even look for the Paul Daly fight again. Whatever. You need a name. You Once you take that rise. To go and like we criticised the matchmaking before that because it went down way 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 too much, but then matchmaking got better. And I asked the MVP about this when I interviewed him, and then he's gone back down again. Like it's just it's an absolute shame. It's a sh- like and I feel like when I say that he should go to the UFC and now is the time, I feel like now is the time because it's the only way that he's guaranteed to get those fights. You know what I mean? And it's it's like it'd be an absolute shame, as you said earlier on, if, if MVP just keeps going like this. But anyway, what, what did you think of his fight? I suppose now that we're on it, we might as well talk about it. Yeah, it? well, like,
1: you know, it's it was a good, like, knockout, it's a good performance. He looked, he looked like he always looks against these guys, um, pretty much. um, Not much to say about it. Like, it's the same thing we've seen before, and the more we see it, the less interested everybody is, and, well, I am anyway, and everybody seems to be. Yeah, um, like, you need to make do the Douglas Lima fight. Uh, maybe, m- maybe it is a thing where MVP is thinking, "Oh, uh, if I do win the belt, then I, I'm stuck in this contract." But uh, I don't think that's it. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, to be honest, if you're, if you're as confident as he makes out, he is, and uh, and you know, you've got the ability that he clearly has. Uh, what's the problem? I, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, and it's like, frustrating.
0: Did you hear as well on the? on the broadcast uh big john mccarthy said that mvp had, you know they were comparing him to An- anderson silva and this, he said that mvp had as many tough fights in his first 18 fights as <laughs> ...as Anderson Silva, and I'm like, hmm, let's have a look at Anderson Silva's first 18 fights, so... ...in uh, in Anderson Silva's 18 fight, he fought uh, Jorge Rivera, who at the time, you know, wasn't a bad fighter... Who's known, went on to fight Bisping, lost to Rio Chan and fought Lee Murray, who everyone knows down through the years... ...he fought Jeremy Horn. he fought Carlos Newton, who was a UFC welterweight champion these might be big names to people only watching today but back then they were they were good names like they were not bad Rowan Carnero he came on later on and came back into the UFC as well no joke he fought him in his ninth fight like this was a different time as well this was back in 2002 2003 2004 so it was a different time but at least we knew these people and they were good names at the time Anderson Silva was better than all of them apart from maybe Rio Chonan who he, who he lost to. but I think for big John McCarthy to say that was, I know he's working for Bellator and everything, and, and you know, he, that's what he's paid there to do, to maybe tell a bit of untruth, but <laughs> it's to say that, like, it's uh, like, farcical, yeah. like. It is
1: annoying when you, like, but, you know, all the time it's the, the UFC, where all the events, it's the biggest event of the year, it's the pound-for-pound yeah. the pound, number one, like, it's changing constantly, like, depending on who's fighting next, you know, that's just... The way it goes, people who like me and you are going to watch anyway. People who actually know if it's true or not are going to watch anyway, and it, it maybe convinces other people who are on the, on the fence to watch. So it, it's going to continue. Probably, it's probably a directive they're given. In year or before, yeah, I suppose. To be positive about everything, exaggerate everything, like make the sound like you know, you know
0: yourself. Yeah, I do. Uh, and in the um, uh, Michael Chandler fight as well, he fought Sydney Outlaw. Uh, and, like, this wasn't as bad. It was, it was you know, a, a basically a squash match. But look, he lost to Pitbull back in May, so you know, give him one fight to bounce back. I don't have too much of a problem with that. I maybe would have liked to see a bit of a better uh, opponent, but Sydney Outlaw basically just stood there. Uh, Michael Chandler was way, way faster. He tried to land his shots. He tried to use his size, but Chandler was just a level above and he was picking him off, picking him off, picking him off. And he hit him with one big bomb right down through the middle and got the win just uh, just about on the three-minute mark. So uh, I suppose I won't criticise this too much. It was good to see Michael Chandler back in there and getting the win, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Michael Chandler's another one where, like, you know, obviously he's done much better and fought, like, the stiffest competition he, he kind of could in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he, he, as you mentioned, this is more of a bounce-back one, but uh, similarly to Michael Van Page, it will be very interesting to see him in the UFC. I know that, that annoys some people, oh, everybody being in the UFC or whatever, but, uh, you know, Michael Chandler for years, uh, especially after those two ridiculous Eddie Alvarez fights, I don't know, that was a few years ago now, obviously, but since mm-hmm. then you kind of been always wondering what Michael Tanner would look like in the in the UFC and he hasn't really been pushed in Bellator so maybe he hasn't he hasn't been pushed as much as he would have been in the UFC so maybe he hasn't developed yeah. as much as, as he has but maybe he has and it'd be, it will be interesting to see him in there Like he's very very powerful, he's, he's good everywhere and you know uh, he's obviously, he seems happy at Bellator, he's probably getting paid a lot uh, compared to what he'd get in the UFC so uh, there's no real rush for him to go over there but it will be from a from a selfish fan point of view, it will be nice to see him in there uh, in a lot of those matchups in in the fifty five or one hundred and fifty five pound division, which obviously has a, a lot of really good fights for him.
0: Yeah, I, I still think he'd do a good job there, but I think it's maybe a little bit too late now. I think Chandler three or four years ago would have been the perfect time for him. But I think it's a I think he's probably better off in Belahur at the moment. I don't think it's getting much better for Chandler. Now he's still a very good fighter and he could win the title back again, but, you know, I don't think he has Say five years left at the top. You know, he might have two, he might have three years left around and he might win the title again. But, you know, I I don't think it's, I don't think this is the time. Like Eddie Alvarez, I think, went right at the time and then he, you know, kind of went out there, out of there again after a couple of years and he got his few years there. But, yeah, I'd, I'd still like to see Chandler in the O.C., but um, it's not like MVP where, you know, he's wasting his career. Chandler had some very good fights. You know, he had the rivalry with um with Eddie Alvarez and he fought Pitbull and he's taken his wins and he's taken his losses and he's a, had a very good career in Bellator. Arguably the best career of anyone in Bellator, I think. And yeah, fought... Good guys, as well as winning championships and earning a lot of money, and he's been the poster boy for Bellator for years and years and years. So, you know, he's
1: and Buffalo Wild Wings, and Buffalo, you Wild actually, Wings. like you know, uh, we we're probably getting a good basic pay as well, yeah. Michael Chandler. But he has extra sponsors that you used to be able to get in the UC that you're not able to get now as well. So, probably keep him pretty happy there as well.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. And uh, other than that, then you had my girl. Uh, uh, Hilaria Joanne you, uh, Arya Stark took a loss in a tough fight she was winning round one against Ghana Winotabe, uh got taken down in round two and kind of struggled a little bit uh, close round or gotten on top sorry and, and uh, Winatabe probably won the round from the bottom although it was, it was close and in the third round uh, she got taken down and, and ground and pounded when she gave up her back I believe it was uh, so a tough loss for her uh, Gaiti Yamaguchi who's a very good uh, guy coming through beat Darren Krushchenk who we know is a very good striker uh, yeah was like he's
1: yeah, his only losses are, are recently are to Michael Chandler by decision and Bubba Jenkins by decision, and then back in 2014, uh, Will Martinez Jr. by decision. And you know, it's a, a one to start of service career as well. Like it's, he's building a pretty good record. He's 26. That's, that's a really good win. You know, outside of Bellator, there's, mm-hmm. there's not many guys around there, and he, he got an easy rear naked choke. So yeah, he might be one to. Yeah, to develop for bellator.
0: Yeah, definitely beat Saida Awad, Daniel Vojcic as well in his last two after losing to Chandler. So yeah, he's, you know, he's a lot of fighters as well. What was last night? He's 29 so his next fight will be 30th fight. He's 20 wins by submission. So like yeah, 25 and 4. You can you can't laugh at that and he's or uh, snigger at that, but he's fought some very good guys even like Martin Stapleton back a few next years dips. ago. And, yeah. Oranchur like
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Steeps. <laughs> that old good fight This season let must watch some of them again. They're very funny. There
0: are, yeah, in fairness um, Who else is on the card? Lorenz Larkin. I actually didn't see it, but I was talking to someone about. They said he was very, very dominant and had a very good win. They're talking about doing him versus MVP you now. Which sign up for that? That's absolutely perfect. If uh, Lima doesn't want to fight, uh, Either would
1: Lorenz Larkin probably not just stand there though and do a lot of nothing like he does sometimes? Maybe yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it if it doesn't really go his way, you
0: kind of just uh, I'm just kind of chill out, I'm just try to get through this. Do you think MVP just beat him then, doing that? Yeah, I, th- I think so. That uh, that'd be perfect for them So <laughs> if you could get MVP Lawrence Larkin on his record, that'd be yeah. that's the sort of name he needs. Like you know, and Lawrence Larkin's not a like huge big name or anything, but everyone knows him. And if MVP beat him, it'd probably be the biggest win of his career. Would you agree with that? Over he beat Paul Daly, like yeah, I so, think uh, Paul, yeah, Daly I think beat Paul Daly's got more
1: limited. No, MVP but be Paul Daly, but Paul Daly's also No, but Lorenz uh, Larkin. Lorenz Larkin got oh, yeah. knocked out by Paul Daly, didn't he? Yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But Paul Daly obviously is um is uh, is kind of a big name, but he's kind of past it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, uh, a win over, you know, okay, a guy, Lorenz Larkin, maybe isn't upper echelon, but he's a known UFC, former UFC guy, high-ranked guy in Bellator, and... Yeah, uh, it would make sense if they're not going to do the Douglas Lima rematch for MVP.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, on the undercard dinner, that was kind of the post I think you Jar Brooks getting a win, uh, Rinderamoto. Yeah, Kana Asakura, John Tuck, uh, and a few more uh, as well. But the main event, then you speaking of legends that are past their prime, God Almighty, uh, <clears throat> you had Fedor Emelianenko. And Rampage Jackson fighting in the middle of It was funny. When I just see the... Grim the grim reaper. Did you see the pre-fight interview Rampage did? And he had like the... He had the towel like over his face, covering his face, like like Dan Hardy back in the day or something. I was like, when I saw it, I was like, that's a fat guy move. That is a fat guy. He's covering up his chins. is what he's doing there, I because he doesn't want them on the on the uh, on the interviews. That's exactly what he was doing there. And I was like, mm, how is he gonna look when he comes in? Like, and then he starts and he comes in and he looks like a fucking prime Andy Ruiz coming in there to fight Fed or like just a prime Sean G and about fucking five stone overweight.
1: Yeah, Ugh. there for a payday, I think yeah. again, and you know he got hit, he went down, he kind of waved it off himself Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There
0: was people shouting. I said like, over would win, didn't I?
1: You, you, did you? Yeah, I think you did get it. Actually, I think so, yeah. Like, like, Rampage when it's heavyweight, he just does no discipline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have to be disciplined, so he's not.
0: Yeah, it was it was fucking terrible. Like there was people shouting, dive and stuff. I'd like when I watched it at first, I was like, "What the fuck? That looked dodgy." But it wasn't. It was just. <laughs> well, there's a the difference was, between
1: diving and just giving up. I giving think. up, yeah. He I think just, he just completely
0: gave up. gave up. Yeah, he was just as you said, dare to take a paycheck. And it was funny that interview I talked about. I actually listened to it after the fight. Is he, gonna turn into up? is he going to turn yeah, into Bob Is he going to turn into Bob Yeah, I think Adam I think uh, I think, uh, Adam, uh He's top of strikes. A, yeah, basically. So did he? Yeah, damn it. Well, yeah. I <laughs> <But, laughs> didn't like, hear that. That interview beforehand, he was talking about getting um, a paycheck and like, oh, whether I win or lose and coming in here and getting a paycheck. And he said that afterwards as well. It's like, when you hear that sort of talk, you you know that the guy has just gone in there and it, it doesn't really matter if he wins or loses. It's a fun fight. But yeah, he's
1: just justifying himself probably more than, more than anything. I
0: probably is, i But yeah, like, I, I thought... Watching the fight live, I'm like, okay, Rampage knows he's a mile overweight and he's no cardio, he can't throw lots of shots, so he's just going to pick his shot, try to knock Fedor out with one shot, which I think is a good game plan when you come into a fight looking like that, but he didn't throw anything, like, he just, like, waited there and waited to get knocked out, and Fedor hit him with, like, a punch in the in the, in the the forehead, like, Rampage has been known down through the years as having a, an iron chin, I know he's been knocked out a couple of times, but he has an iron chin, like, and he can go through it and he can take him, but... He just gave up, like, let's be honest here. I tell you, Rampage will probably say that himself because he's not a guy to come in here and sugarcoat it and lie, like, and, you know, maybe he'll directly after the uh, you know, he takes he wins and losses. But I guarantee you in a couple of months, Rampage will come out and he said... That he, you know, he basically gave up in that fight, and that was, uh, and uh, you know, you, you might say oh, I'm, you're sitting here, and you're, that's a bit harsh, but like that's just the, the honest thing about it. everyone watching that at home knows exactly what they were watching. Every fighter knows it. Rampage himself knows that he gave up, and he just was in it for the money. He so found a way out, and he took the way out, like, and we've seen that happen with better fighters than Rampage, to be honest. But that's just uh, the beginning and end of it. But oh, look, overall, this was the stereotypical you know a bellator car all we were missing was about 15 hbg lads in the car <laughs> the perfect bellator card the whole way through but these things happen to them anyway graham anything else to uh, say before we go
1: um, no, not really. Um, happy new year to all the listeners and to you as well, Sean. Indeed, and to your family. I, Tell you. Paddy said, said, said hi and happy new year.
0: I will do, thank you, Graham. Happy new year to you, and all and the and family. I never got your,
1: your Christmas present until I arrived. It must be that, the you know the roads in you know, Limerick, but you aren't built up.
0: Yeah, it's I was <laughs> waiting for it actually. I wonder what it was. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, it'll come now in, in the post during the week, and also, um. We'll have, this time next week, for everyone on the normal feed, we will have uh, the podcast on the awards. So the severe May Awards will be out next Sunday, I think, hopefully, or maybe a little bit earlier. Um... And we will have a podcast up on Early Access on Patreon for everyone and in for everyone here next Sunday. So that'll be the, the podcast next week and then from the, the week after that on we'll be back to normal. And the McGregor versus Cerrone previews and build up will be into full effect. We've already started them over on Patreon. I had McGregor versus Brimage on the rewatch and also Cerrone versus Ferguson, a fantastic fight on the rewatch as well. So now would be a great time to sign up, patreon.com forward slash my podcast. We're going to have some good guests. I had and Cowley on the other day. I interviewed him before his fight. Unfortunately, he lost, but I talked to him about Conor McGregor and... Maybe making Cerrone and stuff. So that's a very interesting uh, interview and things. But actually, did you see that fight? Did you see the Keane Cowley fight? What you think of it?
1: Yeah, I so, saw. Yeah, we didn't get going like at all. he didn't throw his. He threw a few leg kicks early. Didn't land. He kind of gave up on that. And the other guy, he kind of grew in confidence as it went on. He looked he looked good in in getting his jab in there and kind of disrupting Keane. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's in, sometimes after you kind of getting knocked out for the first time in your career, you, you're a bit tentative to throw. He just didn't throw with didn't throw hard and barely true, uh, and obviously he ended up getting getting choked uh, it was a it was a bad day at the office definitely yeah. it was uh, uh, I don't know if it was you know his, his needs to adapt his style of striking or it was he was uh, gunshot because of uh, because, because of his previous it's, fight
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I didn't manage to see the whole thing back but I, I saw the finish but having talked to him during the week and talked to a couple of lads about it and yourself here talking about the, the fight itself it seems like he's trying to go back to, you know, when I asked him about it, it was like, you know, he was kind of concentrating maybe on jiu-jitsu and wrestling and maybe being defensive there rather than being offensive with his striking for what he's known for. And he said, yeah, I was bang on that. He was trying to get back to that. And, you know, that's easier said than done, even for guys who are, t- you know, top-class strikers. And he, around Europe and around Ireland, he's definitely he definitely is that. And I think most people would acknowledge that. But... You know, for Keane, with that striking ability, and but he said himself, like that striking ability doesn't actually that matter that much in MMA unless you can kind of implement it. So un- until he finds a way to implement that striking, it's going to be a tough road for him. But if he does find a way, it could turn around very quickly because he has that ability. But you know, what is he now? Was it? four and two or is it three and three or something like that. He's so he's taken a lot of losses so far. But he was even talking, you know, to me as well and he said about Artem was giving him advice about that. Don't don't care about the losses all experience. You know, it's getting getting in there and, and doing things as well. But you know it, it doesn't work out for everyone. It might not work out for him either, but you know I suppose it's, if you don't go in there and don't try you'll never know but I suppose it's a, you know it's a big year coming up for him again he'll have to get a few more fights and a few more wins to kind of build things back up but uh, yeah it's you know it hasn't been a great year for for Irish MMA overall and I suppose we'll maybe we'll talk about that in the the, the year in the review you know you I suppose you've had some good guys coming through like uh you know, like Ian Garry and, and uh, Paul Hughes and, you know, Kiefer, the good few wins. James Gallagher had a great year as well. And Norman Park obviously winning the KSW belt. But, you know, you've, there's, I don't think any fighter in the UFC, any Irish fighter in the UFC won a fight this year. Which is very unfortunate. You've no, really had no fighter at the very top of Bellator uh, winning anything. You know, it's... I don't think it's been a fantastic year. Now it's built up for a good year next year you've Pedro Carvalho obviously training out of Ireland fighting for the Bellator title coming up here in a few weeks. Huge fight for Peter Cooley against Bryn Primus. If he wins that he'll be into the discussion as well. You know, if James Gatter may main eventing against Cal Elner as well, you'll be hoping for him to be moved on and given a step up in that division as well. And Norman Park will obviously be fighting. I think he was I think he's the interim champion, isn't he? So maybe he'll be fighting in a big fight over there in KSW. So it's, and obviously, you know, don't forget Conor McGregor coming back here in what, in about three three weeks from yesterday, so yeah, you know, could not a great year for us, but it could come back. And Joseph Duffy as well, obviously our only other guy in the UFC coming back. Uh, hopefully he gets a, a big fight. We haven't heard from Joseph Duffy in, in ages, so maybe we'll, we'll call out, reach out to him and try to get him in the podcast or something. But um, yeah, overall, to the year anyway, and we'll have another one next year. We'll be back. More podcasts, everything. Sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe mail podcast. Graham, good luck. God bless. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time.